Hey, good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And tonight's theme is, I don't have one, other than I like the stories, and they both freak me out. So I guess you could say the theme is, I was freaked out. (laughs) Anyway, without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two radio series highlight tonight are two radio shows that were created in the 1960s. The first being Macabre and the second Beyond Midnight. Our first radio play is entitled Man in the Mirror and it was first broadcasted on Macabre November 27th, 1961. Following that is the radio play Spider Phobia. And that was first broadcasted on Beyond Midnight, November 29th, 1968. So, you all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Man in the Mirror, followed by Spider Phobia. Special performance, Macabre. Tonight's story, The Man in the Mirror. Two lanes here. Why can't they make their repairs on off hours? No, gotta blast away during rush hour traffic. What's the matter with that guy ahead? How come he's slowing down? That'll teach him. <laughs> Boy, I'm tired. Hard day at the office. Peg's got a hot supper waiting at home. I'd like to get there sometime today. That guy ahead didn't pay any attention to me at all. Come on, Buster, speed it up. Series six. I want to get home. Leave you in nothing flat, buddy. <laughs> How's that for speed, eh? Yeah. Truck. Couldn't see it coming. I'll make it back here on collision. Oh, no, no, no. Can't get away! Help! 
this area. Man, pack in the car here. Stand back, everybody. Get a cutting tack, Joe. Hold it, crow boys. We need Come time to get work. back now. Move on. You see him, Jerry? Ah, uh, so much blood. But I think he's bent over the steering wheel down there. Shine that light where you need. Sure. See him now? Hmm. Move your light up just a bit. Like this? Yeah. Hold it there. Good Lord. What's wrong, man? I hope you got a strong stomach, pal. What's eating you? Look down there. Where his face should be. I, uh, I don't see it at all. Yeah. That's what I mean. Careful, you need to be conscious, Doctor. I got it. Another minute or two, and you'll be all over. Sponge the blood, please. He's bleeding too fast. Yes, poor fellow. Even if he lived, he couldn't get through life like this. Doctor, respiration irregular. Won't be long, I'm afraid. Scalpel. I can hear every word they're saying. I can't move. Paralyzed. Scissors. Respiration shallow. Perfect with the effort. Nothing can save this man. Please, Doc, don't quit. I know you can't hear me, but please try. Help me, Doc. Don't shake your head. I'm not homeless. I want to live. Doctor? Yes? Respiration stopped. Mm, I see. Don't give up. I want to live. I don't want to die. Are you going to open his chest, Doctor? Heart massage? Yes. Absolutely hopeless. There isn't a chance. He may take another breath in a moment. Another breath? Yes. Yes, I will. Don't give up. You'll see. I'll... You'd better wash up, nurse. Oh, don't leave! A breath, Doctor? Mm, spasmodic. Probably his last. Oh, I'm still alive, Doc. Try to save me. Help me, for God's sake! Stethoscope. Back one week from tonight to settle. 
will I find you? In the mirror. Just look for me in your bedroom mirror. <laughs> Goodbye, John. <laughs> Don't forget our little agreement. <laughs> Can't they make their repairs on off hours? No, gotta blast away during rush hour traffic. What's the matter with that guy ahead? How come he's slowing down? Now teach him. <laughs> hey, just had one of those familiar feelings. As if this had happened before. Strange. Now it's gone. Seems I almost remembered something unpleasant. It's about to pass that car up ahead. I don't think I'd better. Wonder why. having steak for supper. And she's one wife who expects her husband to be on time. My, you were hungry tonight, John. You ate like a condemned man at his last meal. Hey! Oh, I startled you, darling. Why so deep and quiet? Uh, nothing. Just thinking. John, I honestly believe you've been working too hard, especially since you fell asleep driving home today. Oh, let's take a week off together and run down to Mother's. A week? Yes, dear. We haven't vacationed in two years, not since we were married. Mother says we can have a cottage on the lake. You called your mother? Just before you came home. Please, John. She wants us to come down. It's really a very nice lake, and you know how you like to fish. I don't think the office can spare me. Ask them. It takes time. We need plans. I can't just pick up and leave my job any time I want. <laughs> Say yes, darling. It'll be our second honeymoon, and I don't see much of you anymore. Oh, Peg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would I do without you? Oh, not too well, I hope. <laughs> darling, I love you. <laughs> Tell you what. Call that old law firm you slave for and Tell him not to expect you back for a week. But, Peg, I can't... John! This bruise. Did, did you hurt your forehead? <laughs> Sore. Don't touch it. How'd it happen? I don't know. I probably banked it and I fell asleep driving home. That settles it. I'll call Mother in the morning and tell her to expect us. You need more rest, darling. Why, one of these days you may be killed driving home in all that traffic. Read the paper now while I clear away the dishes. All right, Peg. I am overworking. This head bruise. I've never had a hallucination in my life. Start now, now. I'll check this thing out. Uh, could you, uh, I mean... Uh, this is the city hospital. May I help you? Yes. Uh, would you check to see if a man hurt in a collision died there this afternoon? What was his name, please? Randall. John Randall. Thank you. Just a moment. 
That's ridiculous. Asking about my own death. Must be crazy. Got to know. Be sure. Couldn't have happened. It's all surreal. Hello? Uh, yes. Did you find it? Emergency has no record of a John Randall accident victim. No record? You haven't made a mistake? No. Who's calling, please? Who's calling? Lady, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. What's the matter? Can't sleep. It's too hot, I guess. It's nearly five. Time to get up soon. Want some hot coffee? Uh, maybe I'll drop off for a nap. You haven't slept all night? I don't think so. John, something must be wrong. You always sleep like a log. Don't get excited now, Peg. Shall I call the doctor? You know, you've been working too hard. No, I'm fine. Will you keep quiet so I can try to get some rest, though? Oh, all right. You haven't said a thing about going to Mother's. Peg, I'm dead tired now. Shut up, will you? John! What's that on your forehead? No tricks, young lady. Now turn over and keep quiet. Darling, wait. I'll turn on the light. <gasps> John! It's blood! What? Your, your forehead, it's, it's bleeding. No, Peg. No, it didn't happen. I imagine the whole thing. Accident really didn't happen. Accident? John, you lie right there. I'll call Dr. Shane. Don't, Peg. You must have cut a vein. <gasps> Look at your pillow. You've been bleeding all night. <laughs> examined you thoroughly, John. I can't find a thing really wrong. But we may have to go to my office for further tests. How do you explain the blood, Doc? I don't. There's no evidence of a wound at all. Where'd all this blood come from? That presents a puzzle. Of course, we're not really certain it's really your own blood. We'll have to make tests. In the meantime, why don't you tell me the truth? What are you talking about? John, I've been your family doctor for many years. You're as healthy as they come. Now you hint of some uh, accident that never happened. You complain of a soreness in the region of the forehead. And all this blood from some imaginary wound. Now really, what do you expect me to think? Doc, you think I'm crazy. I didn't say that. You don't have to. There's more to this than meets the eye. The understatement of the year. Yeah, put yourself in my place. What would you say? Sunday to the hospital, I guess. That's more like it. Now tell me what really happened. Start with the blood. I can't answer that. If you want me to help, you'll have to tell the truth. I'm trying to, Doctor. It couldn't possibly have come from you. But I... There isn't a mark on your body. Who do you think you're kidding? Uh, impossible. Doc, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah. Give it a try. They might. <sighs> Maybe I should have died on that operating table. What? All right. I'll tell you. You'll think I'm nuts, but so help me, it's the truth. All started yesterday, and I was driving home on the freeway. I thought I had an accident. What do you mean, thought? Aren't you certain? Let me finish, Doc. I hit this truck. They rushed me to the hospital. I was dying. Face torn off. Blood everywhere. And then, just before I died, a voice called to me. You knew my name and everything. He said he would save me for a price. I had to agree. What did he ask? Didn't say. Just said he'd be back in a week to settle. Where are you supposed to meet this man? That's the funniest part. 
He said to look in my bedroom mirror and he'd be there. Then what? Found myself back on the freeway as if nothing had happened. I got home. I checked the hospital. They had no record of an accident victim of my name. I could have told you that. What do you think, Doc? I'm not trying to follow fast one. I'm scared. You blacked out for a moment while on the freeway. Fatigue from overwork. I've ruled out the possibility of a small stroke. Recovery was uh, too rapid. Blacked out? Uh, fatigue acts in strange ways, John. Sometimes makes it difficult to separate fantasy from reality. You've pushed yourself to the breaking point. You, you'll have to be careful. You... Don't believe it happened. Yes, yes, it certainly did. But only in your mind. Sounds reasonable. What about my forehead? It's pretty sore. Probably sympathetic. That leaves the blood. If it weren't for that, I'd dismiss you right now with uh, just a warning to slow down. I'm taking a sample of it back to the office with me. I want you to come along. What about Peg? Leave her home. We'll call her later. There's something here I don't quite understand. Hello? Mrs. Randall? Yes? This is Dr. Shane. Oh, how is John? What did you find out? That's what I want to talk to you about. He's in the other room. He can't hear us. Is it serious? The blood on the panel matches. It's his, all right. I can't figure out where it came from. He checks normal in every way, with one exception. Mm -hmm. The results of the EEG test show a brainwave irregularity. Now, it would seem that John received a hard blow on the head. However, I can find no physical evidence to verify this. What does it mean, Doctor? Hard to tell at this point. I think he's nervously exhausted from overwork, practically in a state of shock from this nightmare of a freeway accident. That's pure fantasy. You must help him overcome it, Mrs. Randall. My mother wants us to visit her for a week on the lake. Splendid. By all means, go in and make John rest. Do you think he'll be able to leave today? The sooner the better. And Mrs. Randall? Yes, Doctor? Your husband has a fixation about some man in a mirror. It's a dangerous thing. It might grow. Try to convince him it never happened. Oh, darling, we'll have so much fun. Yeah, sounds good to me. Mother's given us the house on the lake where we can be all alone together. Second honeymoon, Peg. And we'll forget that, that thing on the freeway. We'll forget it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh, John, I'm so glad you're sensible about it. Yes? Mm. <laughs> I love you, Peg. Oh, I brought the tennis racket. She talks about tennis at a time like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hurry, darling. Sure, Peg. We deserve one last good time together. Tennis, dancing, and fun. Pass the donuts, Peg. Yes, my lord and master. Ah, but you're pretty well trained. Gonna have to relax like this more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling, it's so good to see you laugh. 
We can't let you get down like that again, can we? I wasn't so bad. They'll miss you at that old law firm. John, if they don't make you a full partner, you're not going back. Well, what'll we do today? Oh, it's beautiful this morning. I know. Take me to the village to shop. Okay. I get my coat, and off we go. Honey, haven't you forgotten something? What? Mr. Randall, do you realize that in the five days we've been here, you haven't shaved once? I know, Peg. Well, look at yourself, dear. You'll have to before we go shopping. Here, take my compact and see how you look in the mirror. No! John! You ruined it! You deliberately threw it on the floor! I'm sorry. Really, Peg. But why? Oh, John, you didn't want to look in the mirror! Peg! Oh, what a fool I've been! You're not getting over it! It's growing worse! Don't cry, darling. I'm trying. You believe that that man is real, don't you? I don't want to, Peg. I don't want to. Dr. Shane warned me about this. He said it's up to you, John. You have to make up your own mind. It's only fantasy. Or you might spend the rest of your life in that that, that other world. That bad? Yes, darling. Please, please try. It's like telling my right hand my left one doesn't exist. Oh, you've got to try. All right, I'll try. Dr. Shane said if you give in, he'll have to take you away. here by the lake. What's the time? Almost seven. Time's passed. We're safe. John, I'm proud of you. You won, darling. You stood your ground and won. Yeah. Really a sweat, eh? It just has to end this way. No one believes in witches and phantoms anymore. We're too scientific. Yeah. I can think clearly for the first time in a week. Now that it's over. Oh, we have this wonderful lake all to ourselves tonight. Mother went to the village and no one for miles around... Isn't it romantic? Thanks for standing by me. Is that a proposal, sir? Darling. Hmm. What'd you like to do this evening? Walk around the lake? Hey, not bad. Hold on while I get some cigarettes in the bedroom. All right. Mm -hmm. 
didn't cut it out of it. It's the devil's work. He's here. You don't have to hide. I know you're here. Oh, my. Wait, Missy. You did come back. Where are you? In due time, friend. You didn't expect me to forget our appointment, did you? I'm bleeding to death. You haven't helped me a bit. You were badly matched up. Difficult to remove all the traces. What is it you want? Merely as a timekeeper. To say, time's up. Dr. Shane says you're a figment of my imagination. So. You're not real. And how do you know Dr. Shane is real? Because I can see him and talk to him. Can you not talk to me? I've never seen you. Look into that mirror. Oh. Randall, I'm the coroner. You know, of course, your husband's dead. Don't see how he could have had such a terrible accident in a bedroom. Main point I can't figure, though, is why you didn't call me sooner. Mr. Randall's been dead a week. heard Macabre, a special Far East Network presentation. In our cast were John Buey as the man in the mirror, Mitzi Hennessy as Peg, William Verdier as John, Walt Sheldon as Dr. Shane, Carolyn Johnston, and Milton Radmilovich. Technical supervision was by Airman Larry Clemens and Air Force Sergeant Bob Eddy. This is Air Force Sergeant Al LePage speaking. Macabre was written and directed by William Verdier. comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
Justice and Corwin, aged 35, bachelor, plump. A magazine writer specializing in cozy chats, preferably with titled persons. Conceited. Lived in a flat, an expensive flat, directly below a lady by the name of Isabel Bishop. Used to pay court to Isabel. Tired of her. Cut her out of his life. Justice and Corwin. Self-satisfied. A glutton for good food. Always avoided bread and potatoes because of his figure. Justice and Corwin. All his life an unreasoning fear of spiders. Since childhood, Justice had dreaded that a spider might get on him, its eight legs running up his flesh. He was convinced that he would die if one of the bent-legged brutes should as much as touch him. The very thought of a spider was enough to plunge Justice into the abyss beyond midnight. when asked whether he would accept a scotch in place of his cherished bourbon, only if I can have it with ice. Cleaner. 
Brave effort, you evil beast. <laughs> hmm. That's that. I, I, I need that whiskey. or anyone else had ever seen. It was about the size of a coal scuttle, black and hairy, with the lower part of its body a good ten inches from the ground. Its great legs were bent up around it like a protective fence. They were covered with bristles like a hearth brush. The two front ones ended in claws. He imagined those claws tearing into him as he lay helpless from the spider's bite. He had seen a fly after a spider had finished with it. He dared not move. Just then the thing moved forward four feet or so with astonishing agility. <laughs> and then, at last, justice acted. <laughs> he moved fast. The spider moved fast too. Justice beat it to the door. Just. <laughs> Outside his door, in pajamas, getting on towards three in the morning. Would the zoo believe him? No. The police? With whiskey on his breath? No, not the police. What then? There was only one thing to do. The abandoned Isabel. The flat above. Isabel, there's a spider the size of a coal scuttle in my flat. Save me. But what else was there? Impossible. I don't believe it. But I saw it. I did. I saw it. Isabel. Why? Why me? Yes. Oh. Justice. What is it? Her voice gave no hint of her real feelings, which were in the wildest tumult of hope, anger, and joy. Justice at her door, middle of the night, in pajamas, too. She had so often dreamed. She was keeping herself for a man like Justice. She had been keeping herself for Justice. She despaired. But now, justice would be ill, 
and she would be like Florence Nightingale and save him. Yes, Justice, are you ill? Isabel, you've got to help me. There's an enormous spider in my flat. Florence Nightingale vanished. You come here in the middle of the night for that? Why, I know it must sound odd. I, I, but you must believe me. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, could I use your phone, do you think? Call the, the, the police? Hmm? Uh, could I? Call the police to catch a little spider. Oh, it isn't little. It, it's bigger than a cat. Then it isn't a spider. The biggest in the world aren't that size. I know. I read a lot of natural history. Good night, Justice. No, no, please. You must believe me. It's there. I, I'm not joking. Please, Isabel. I, I heard a noise, and, and when I went to look... There it was. As big as a cat. What did you do? Locked the door on it. Can it get out? No. Well, at least I, I don't think so. I I can't stay down there alone. Why do you suppose that I want your company? Well, I don't suppose you do. You've a right to be sticky about it after... Well, after the way I... I, I mean... Oh, Isabel, let me come in, please. You've simply discovered that I can be useful to you, that's all. Isabel, forget what's between us, will you? I, I'm not here to argue or, or ask forgiveness. I, I had no right to begin it, if you like. But well, since I did, and you weren't unwilling, except that I also had the right to make an end, and, and oh, let me come in. Oh. Oh, thanks. Better ring the police. I can't. They wouldn't believe me. I think you've been drinking. I haven't. My hands, look, steady as a rock. He held out his hands, and they were shaking. He dropped them onto her shoulders to conceal the fact, and she couldn't help a thrill running up her spine and then down again. Justice looked at her. No. He couldn't become involved again. Handsome, yes, but awfully big. A lumpy sort of woman. He removed his hands and looked at her curlers. Must you continue to wear those? I must. I'll look a sight tomorrow if I don't. Justice thought you'll look a sight tonight, but he didn't vocalize his thought. There was only one other place to go to, and there was a spider waiting. Between Isabel and the spider, the size of a coal scuttle, he reckoned Isabel was the best bet. What's the matter? No, what I've done. You shouldn't love me anymore. Look, uh, let's have a cup of coffee. No need for tears. And she disappeared into the kitchen. Justice surveyed the flat gloomily. Whichever way you looked at it, he was caught. Like a fly in a... When Isabel returned with coffee, he noticed that she had removed her colours. Her hair fell long and black about her shoulders, like spider's legs. I... What? Uh, oh, nothing. Uh, I was just... I was just thinking. Oh, thank you. Oh, lovely coffee. Yes, quite, quite lovely. Oh, you haven't seen it. Well, that's easily remedied. Oh, no, no, it might attack you. I should simply tread on it. Oh, you couldn't. It, it's too big. 
I'm sorry, Justice. I don't believe in your spider. Well, it's not my spider. It, uh, you've got to believe me. If I were superstitious, I'd say it'd come for vengeance. What are you talking about? And so he told her about the murder by boiling water of the other spider, the little one in the sink. Isabel said nothing. She began to sew, idly. So there, there I was, and, well, uh, where was I? You poured the boiling water on the sink. Yes, that's what I did. End of it. Then your guilty conscience aroused you. Strange. I've never known you to have a conscience before. Well, you're being a bit hard, surely. Am I? I don't think so. What you don't like or what you've tired of, Justice, you've no use for anymore. Well, there were many hours left until dawn. The time had to be filled somehow, Justice thought. And after all, it was waiting downstairs. He put out a hand and caressed her hair, trying not to think of spider's legs. You must be feeling more like yourself. But she didn't move away. It's the good effect you have on me. Isabel's instincts had always been primarily maternal. A man was the giver of children, in the literal sense, a mate. She had seen herself as the mother of Justice's children, above all, the mother of his sons. It had been a cruel awakening to discover that she herself had not been desired in turn. All the same, she felt a kind of tenderness for him. She longed to be able to comfort him. You know, this giant spider business is all nonsense. I, I never heard anything. Well, that doesn't prove anything. It's down there. Oh, it's down there, all right. I heard you slam the door down there, though. I heard all your movements. I was awake all the time. If there really was a spider as big as you say, I, I would have heard it run across the room. I hear most of the things that go on in your flat. I mean... Instinctively, Justice relaxed. He let an arm slide down over Isabel's shoulders. After all, well, it had been an awful day all round. And now, well, the flat was warm, the coffee good, and Isabel wasn't so bad after all. No beauty, certainly, but a woman. A little too intense, perhaps, but a woman. With a woman's earthy common sense, too. No giant spiders for her. You're very affectionate, she said, sniffing at her cotton. Ah, you're very attractive, my dear. You surprise me. The cotton fell on Justice's hand, and for a moment he thought of Spider's whips. Do I surprise you? Very much. Do you mean what you say? Why did you break things off? Oh, I panicked. I didn't want to go too far. You mean you didn't want to marry me? Oh, Isabel, why must you always drag marriage into it? To Isabel, you see, marriage was the inevitable prelude to a child. It was a child she really wanted more than a marriage. She did not want justice around. She wanted a child. In fact, come to think of it, she'd really rather like to humiliate justice. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It's just... But it's only that I, I rather hoped. I mean, I naturally expected that 
You love me. Without looking at her, just a slide. Uh, yes, I, I do. He held her in his arms, thought briefly again of the spider's webs, and then relaxed and concentrated on Isabel's charms. What's the matter, Justice? Oh, uh, sorry, I, I was dreaming, just dreaming, that's all. <laughs> you look very funny. Yes, yes, I... Oh, uh, what's the time? Just ten past six. I must be going. Then he remembered the spider in his flat below. He was caught between Isabel and the monster, both of whom regarded him as their prey. He eyed Isabel uneasily. Isabel eyed him without uneasiness. She was the commander now. She would never again be just an over-large, gawky young woman, hopelessly unsure of herself. She had discovered that justice, like all men, was expendable. Isabel was a personality now, and she regarded justice with something approaching repugnance. Isabel had planned her revenge down to the last detail. Justice would be humiliated before her once and for all. Only so could she be sure of getting rid of him. Suddenly, in fact, the sight of justice moving aimlessly about the room nauseated her. Would you like me to come down with you? Oh, don't bother. No. Doesn't he want his little Isabel, then? No. No. See? Is he going to kill the great big spider himself, then? Oh. <coughs> no, don't bother to come down. It's, um, it's quite all right. I couldn't sleep unless I did. No, no, it's all right. Ready. No, I'll come with you. The tables were completely turned. There's no need for you to see me home, Isabel. I'll be perfectly all right by myself. I'll just satisfy myself that it's all your imagination. Great, big, fat, stupid, lumpy, idiotic. Maybe it was all my imagination. Maybe it was. Yes. No. The thing was there. I saw it. Hairy. Black. Spider. It couldn't have been anything else. It must be still there. Couldn't have got out. Not a thing that size. I can't let her go in there. It might... Not my fault, though, if she insists, is it? I, I mean, is it? If she's foolhardy enough to put her head into the lion's mouth. <laughs> Spider's jaws. In fact, I'd rather like to see... Right, I'm ready now. Shall we go? Oh, uh, right. Uh, All right, then. Coming? Uh, yes. Well, come on, then. Uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, <clears throat> Funny, you know. What is? A little while ago, it was only just light, you know. Thin sort of... Pale greyness, summer dawn. <laughs> oh. Now the sun's just coming up over the rooftops. <laughs> well, that's the way it usually happens. Yes. 
down on my own. Uh, are you? Oh, no, no. No, no, of course not. Uh, right. <coughs> Four. Come in now. Your nightmare has vanished with the dawn, with the sun coming up over the rooftop. Come in and see for yourself. Your spider has gone. Not my spider. His instinct told him there was something sinister in the room. Something connected somehow with Isabel Bishop, who had changed in some mysterious way. She seemed now to be larger than life. A taunting figure, a priestess waiting to sacrifice her victim at a rite. Well, you satisfied? Uh, mm. She moved slowly towards the door. She was about to humiliate one whom, twelve hours ago, she believed she had pined for. And now she felt nothing. Her emotions were completely numb. He had a pot belly. She had never noticed that before. He was... It was... There, last night. Well? There. See, by the bookcase. Sitting there. Really? Yes. Just there. By, by the bookcase. Silly. Silly. Yes. I wonder... Hmm? Oh, nothing. <coughs> well, then, there we are. <laughs> No spider. No spider. No. Thanks for coming down. Don't mention it. Badly good of you. That's all right. Uh, might write an article about it. About what? About yes, yes. Think it'll go. Go where? The story. Uh, only the names have been changed. It actually happened. Mm hmm. Nobody would believe it. No. <laughs> well, I... Uh... Hey, Isabel! 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 Later, when you've made friends with your giant spider. Isabel would remember Justice's last cry she knew until the end of her life. She imagined she heard another sound as well. It was a curious, muffled rumble, such as a creature with eight long legs might make if it were running. The sound came from the drawing room. Everyone was very kind to Isabel at the inquest. Everyone decided that Justice and Corwin was a bit of a bounder to commit suicide like that, leaving a lovely girl like Isabel. The more kindly disposed said he was obviously unbalanced to fling himself from a window and contrive to break his neck without even the explanation of a note or a lover's quarrel. In the end, Isabel's story that he sleepwalked was accepted as the most likely. The next spring, Isabel Bishop gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. The child is perfectly normal, except perhaps for unusually hairy arms and legs. Isabel smiles and says, It's because I was frightened by a spider. The 
Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe. Well, that's the show for tonight, and I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970, or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd, or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion, a request, a even a critique, respectfully, please feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel. Obviously, it's called Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like and share the videos. It will be highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, better known as the Radio Show Nerd, signing off.